Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up to the left. Yo, what's going what's on, up? man? What's going on? This is like back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so welcome to 48 Minutes Network. Uh, I'm your host this evening, which is, you know, it's been a while since I've been in the host chair, but uh, I'm Ben Brown. And, of course, I'm with my brother, my ace, my number one, Joshua Odellis Ferellis Montellus Overzealous. Hayes, what's good, my brother? Nothing, man. Um, I found when I found out it was just gonna be the two of us, I was like, uh-oh, time to chop right. it up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt about it, man. Yeah, it's always cool uh when the four of us are able to ride together, but when me and Josh get together, you know, it's it's uh you know, we can we can really chop it up and get it going. So uh first thing though, we gotta talk about this LeBron news, you know what I mean? Uh just had a report come out that they're saying that LeBron commits several weeks with this foot injury. Um, we had just talked about this before we we got on. We had just were texting about it, how well the Lakers had looked uh, these first couple of games after the All-Star break, before the All-Star break, getting these new pieces. Um, your Jared Vanderbilt's Austin Reeves comes back from an injury. Uh, they're starting to play well. Anthony Davis is playing like Anthony Davis. Um, and then you get the news that LeBron uh, is going to be down, they say, several weeks. Um, I know when going into the All-Star break, he had even mentioned that this is the most important stretch of games in his career. And now he's going to be sidelined with an injury. Uh, Josh, what are your what do you I mean, this is huge. I mean, of course, for for Lakers Nation uh, and for the NBA. So what, what are your thoughts on, on hearing this news? I mean, it just broke like an hour ago. So, so last week um, we did our full court heave. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was that the Lakers were going to sneak in and knock the Utah jazz out uh, for a spot in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously I was not um, thinking that LeBron was going to be hurt. All and, right. and here's the thing that worries me is um when you put the word several in front of weeks mm-hmm. um, and you don't give a timetable, like that tells me that this thing could go a really long time. Um, yeah. You know, I think the, 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 um, the early indication is this may be like a three week injury, uh, something they want to make sure he gets rest. Um, but I'm starting to get a little worried that it may be more than that. And if I'm looking at their schedule properly, um, they have uh, 21 games left and Mm -hmm. there's a chance that he could miss all of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a crazy short stretch of games before they get to um, the playing games and playoffs. Um, But like we always talk about with the West, it's really crazy because they are out 
of the playoff games. However, there are literally three games out of fifth place. So, I mean, so, I mean, it, depending on this stretch, I mean, they, they could still make the playoffs. Now, granted, I, I, LeBron is a huge piece, um, but fortunately for them, Anthony Davis has, has stayed somewhat healthy and he's starting to play like Anthony Davis. Um, these other pieces that they've picked up, um, I know D'Angelo Russell's been out uh, the last couple games, but, you know, with Russell, Austin Reeves coming Dude, back. Jared um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was a monster. Yeah, he's been a monster. So um, if they continue to get production like that, uh, Dennis Schroeder has played well. Um, it, 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 you know, they still have a shot because the West is so crazy. Um, and it's still so wide open, even though it looks terrible um, as far as record-wise and as far as uh, where they are in the pecking order as far as the playoffs right now. But uh, like I said, they could go on a stretch and go on a run and be right in fifth place because they're only three and a half games out of fifth place. So you just never know how that's going to go. Well, here's the problem. Tomorrow at Memphis. Yeah. All right. So that's your first game without LeBron. Mm-hmm. Then you go at Thunder, who's already beat you with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, Timberwolves, uh, that's a home game. Warriors, that's a home game. Then you go Grizzlies, Raptors, Knicks, Pelicans. And then you have a couple easy games with the Rockets. Um, the Magic aren't really no slouch. Then you go Mavericks, Suns, Thunder. Mm. Like, their next, you know, 12 to 15 games, like they could potentially either make or break their season with this this stretch that they got, especially when they got to play teams like the Thunder, um, mm-hmm. who they're, they're in contention with is fighting for these playoff spots, right? Yep. Um, yep. The Timberwolves, they're fighting for a playoff spot. The Pelicans is fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, the Suns are are in the playoffs right now, but they're still, you know, trying to see what where they are, and they're gonna they should be getting KD back. I think they're targeting Wednesday is when KD's gonna play, so we'll see what that looks like. But like all these teams that they're about to start playing are all fighting fighting for those spots right there in that you know six seven eight range. I guess you could talk about. Um, yeah, so Minnesota's in the nine, New Orleans is in the ten. Um, Dallas is in the six, Golden State's in the seven, and then OKC and, and the Lakers are right there basically with the same record. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> there's a lot that could happen. And like we said, we talked, man. I mean, from the 13th spot all the way down to the seventh spot, really the sixth spot, I mean, you're talking three games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's no joke. At this moment, every mm-hmm. game matters. Yeah, and it, and I and I think that's why LeBron made that statement. Now, I mean, I think that's a little bit crazy. I think he's had I think he's had longer stretches of more important games. But in the here and now, I mean, that's I mean, he's exactly right. I mean, if he's trying to make the playoffs and they're trying to make a run and and they know how close the West is, like it really is. 21 of the most important games that they're going to play if they want to make the playoffs because the West is so tight outside of Denver, you know, blowing everybody out, um, you know, and, and, and you'll have Phoenix up there. I mean, they'll be separated once they get Kevin Durant. 
which I mean, everybody in the world is interested to see how that's going to look. Um, when you put, you know, Durant, Booker, Chris Paul on the floor together. Um, so it'll, that'll be interesting, but yeah, you, you mentioned their schedule and that stretch of games that they've got. I mean, they don't, they don't have, they don't have too many cupcakes in there. I mean, that's, those and those are all must-win games because all of those teams are fighting for playoff positions. So that you know you're in playoff mode pretty much for the next 21 games, and now you're in playoff mode the next 21 games without LeBron James, um, who's arguably having one of his best seasons, which is crazy in in year 20. Yeah, and if they can get to the back half of that schedule and LeBron can get back, they go Rockets, Jazz, Jazz. Clippers, Lakers, or Clippers, Suns. So, um, again, you know, I think they've came out of this stretch since that trade. They're four and one mm-hmm. since the trade. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're already starting to make some ground. They're three games under 500. And I think they were really primed to hit that stretch to say, hey, we're playing good right now. You know, we got all the pieces there. Everybody's healthy. We got, um, some guys now that are some great role players. We're nine, ten guys deep. And the crazy mm-hmm. part is, is and maybe this is why I'm not a GM, is that a guy that was giving you big minutes and big-time scoring in the beginning of the season, like, isn't even touching the floor right now with Lonnie Walker. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know personally what that's about. I don't know if there's some type of injury or if he's, you know, in the doghouse for something. But, like, he's barely touched the floor since this trade and he's been coming in at like garbage minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's been crazy um, to see what, what they've been like and, and how it's looked. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this West shakes out. And now you're adding Kevin Durant to the mix and, and, um, and all these other different aspects are going on. Uh, but speaking of, speaking of the West, you know, what time it is, Josh. You know what time it is. It was that time last night. Dang time. I listen, I I get up early for work. So West West Coast games for me are, are pretty late. But you sent out a text last night. You were like, Dame's got 30, 41 oh, at halftime. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that works out when I get up. Uh so we all know. Damian Lillard scored 71 points last night on the Houston Rockets. Um, An incredible, I mean, it was incredible uh, to see some of the clips, some of the shots he made, some of the things that he was able to do. Um, I mean, it it, it was incredible to watch. Um, It it reminded me a lot of uh, the Donovan Mitchell 71, where he was getting to his spots on the floor. He was in attack mode. He was doing all the things that Damian Lillard can do um, and, and hitting buckets all over. I believe he hit 13 threes. Is that what I saw? Yes. Uh, he was like 13 of 22 from three um, and, and finished with 71. Um, it, it's it, We all know the greatness of Damian Lillard. We all know what he's able to do, um, and we all know that he's able to get hot and hit shots. But – um, Josh, what what to you? And, and I know that you kind—I of, know you watched it. What to you? So, so before you say that, I actually was 
I was trying to go to bed and I just had the the Warriors game on in the background. Yeah. Um, and the Suns and the Clippers were about to start playing. And I just was kind of listening. And all of a sudden they started talking about Dame at halftime. And I was like, what? And that's when I sent that text out. But the difference for me is, and I know some people are going to say this is crazy, but like Dame did his in regulation where Mitchell had to have an overtime to get his 71. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Two, to shoot that many three pointers. <laughs> 22. He got and 22 of them. And to make as many as he did. Yeah. So he shot basically 60% from the floor, 60% from three-point range. Yeah, that's wild. That's and wild. I think he was 14 to 14 from the line, six dimes, yeah. six rebounds. Yeah. And it was like a flashback when they started showing the highlights. Like, he was like old Dame, where he was like, oh, you're not going to guard me? All right, splash. Then he was getting to the rim. He he dunked on somebody. I was like, oh, snap. I was oh, like, yeah. So then, so then it was like, you know, he had a certain amount. He was like in his fifties. And I said, I think they said, I think he's going to go for the 71 and get the high score for this, uh, for the season. And it wasn't like the game was out of reach. Like they, the, 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 uh, trailblazers pretty much needed all those points. Um, the game was no, yeah, oh, yeah, like fairly close. Um, but man, to, to watch, to watch these guys do what they do at this level and to score that efficiently. It's not even the fact that he's getting 71. Like, we all remember when Kobe got 60 in his last game. He jacked up, you know, whatever it was, like 50 shots and only made like 20-something. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't shoot 50%. Like, these guys are doing this at a high efficiency level. You know, when you're shooting 59, 60% and getting 70, like, that's a whole different ballgame, man. Oh, absolutely. That's, That's nuts. Absolutely. And here's the crazy part about all this is that, he is sixth all time in 50 point games. Sixth. Damian Litter has 15 50 or more point games. And that's sixth all time in NBA history. I mean, that's that is incredible. I mean, of course, Wilt, I I, I don't know the number, but Wilt had like uh it was like 30 some odd. I mean, he's He's well, I mean, he's well above. It was way, he's well so, above everybody else. Yeah, so Wilt, Wilt's at 118. Now, I just Ew, want you to think sick. about the names. I just want you to think about the names that are ahead of, of Damian Lillard on this list. So at number five, you have Elgin Baylor, who has mm. 17. Dame can probably catch him. Yeah. Yeah. Next is James Harden at 23. But we all know the James Harden in Houston, man, was like, Arcade oh, that was ridiculous. video game, James yeah. Harden. And then it goes Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain. Craziness. Craziness nuts, to be on man. that list. That's nuts. That's that's a lot of points. I mean, he I mean, that's that's incredible. Here, here's my thing, Josh. And and I know this is gonna go off on a tangent, but do you in your opinion, do you feel like and I know, I, I know a lot of people have a different opinion about this, and I, even Damian Lillard came out and said stuff about it. But do you feel like he's wasting his time and talent out there? So I, I'm torn on this because there's been some really, really, really good players who have never won a championship, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of those guys that have never won a championship have at least played in an NBA Finals. Right. You know, so... Elgin Baylor never won a championship. Malone and Stockton, 
Barkley, mm-hmm. um, the, who was I just thinking? Uh, Ewing. Like all those guys have at least played in a finals, right? They right. at least made it there for a chance. Like Dame's never made it past the Western Conference Finals. Right. And I think at some point you have to think to yourself and say, what's more important to me for my legacy? Do I want a shot at trying to win a championship or do I want my career to go out and say, hey, I was able to say I was loyal to one team, the team that drafted me, and I gave that team everything I had, and this is what I ended up with. Yeah, and I, I feel yeah. like, and I feel like at this point he's thirty-two. You know, he's given Portland literally his blood, sweat, and tears. Absolutely. I don't think he owes Portland anything else from no, here on out. Not at all. So if Portland can't say to him. Next year, we are going to build a contender around you. I think Portland says, hey, we need to trade you to a place where you can contend and potentially win a championship. And that's yeah. how I feel like it should go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, this is kind of a it's kind of a twisted one for me, too, uh, because I'm a Pacers fan. Man, Reggie Miller gave everything he had to the Pacers. And I, I think that, you know, if he goes to another team, possibly or if he gets, you know, if he's, you know, going after a ring, uh, Reggie Miller was good enough to be an NBA champion, um, you know, but he chose loyalty um, and staying with the Pacers, which I'm, I'm, of course, I'm forever grateful for being a Pacers fan, uh, but he chose that knowing that he was going to have to run into Michael Jordan every year. I mean, knowing that he'd have to beat those Knicks every year, and he stayed. So I think there's something about the competitive nature of guys like Damian Lillard, guys like Reggie Miller, where where they're loyal to the franchise, but you see so many guys leave and do other things. So that's that that was, you know, I was thinking about that, thinking about all the things that he's been able to do, game winning shots, all the 50 point plus games, scoring 71, and not even getting a sniff at the finals. Like when does like I was thinking, like when does that become, and you know, I'm not saying that winning championships isn't important to him now, but like he knows he has a team in Portland that cannot win. Like he's not gonna beat, he's not gonna beat the top five teams in the West. You know, he's their team is struggling to get into a playoff spot. Now, granted, they're in the same spot as most of the teams there. I mean, they're all within three or four games of each other, but he knows that team is not Finals built. So, like, when does a guy like that say – and he may never. He may just be like, man, I'm going to ride it out, which he said that before. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I was just thinking about that just because he's so good and he's so talented and he's given so much to Portland. Like, when does it become – man, when do I start – when does he start being selfish? And, again, is- Reggie Miller was another one of those guys who also made it to a finals, right? Yep, yep. Um, unfortunately, he was the one – he was the guy that ran into that first Lakers three-peat. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that team was, yeah, incredible. And a side note real quick, uh, Dame Lillard is also third all-time in 60-point games. Ooh, how many uh, of those does he have? Five. He's one behind Kobe for second. And then Wilt, of course. And then Wilt's got 32. That's what I was thinking of. Wilt's got 32 60-point games. That's what it was. So, yeah. So, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, we're talking about teams and streaks has anybody noticed the Milwaukee Bucks have won 14 straight? 
Everybody thought Boston had it in the bag. I know people, we talked about this last week, that we thought Boston was going to win the title. It hurt. It hurt producer Tim's heart. He was like, man, I got to say it, but I think the Boston Celtics are the team to beat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the boys said, hold on. Hold on. Don't don't forget about us. 14 straight for the Bucs. Um, I know. Deer to deer, man. Right. And I know Giannis is has is battling a wrist injury, um, but this team's playing really well. Uh, outside of Boston, who Boston's eight and two in their last ten. Of course, Milwaukee's ten and zero in their last ten. Um, but the Bucks are coming on strong, man. That they, they they are not ready. They're not ready to relinquish their top as one of, or one of their spots as the top teams in the East. So. Uh, Knowing that team and knowing that Boston team, I'm really looking forward to hopefully the, those two teams being able to battle in a seven-game series um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but we do have we do have the question mark of Giannis's health. Um, I know he's battling a wrist injury, um, and I and I know that that he's kind of been in and out. So, Josh. How long do you think this Bucks team can sustain uh, this run? Um, and do you think it's putting pressure on the Celtics? Do you think they just like Celtics feel like they're just the team to beat? Well, if I'm looking at this properly, um, which I think I am, so their last loss was to the Cavaliers back on the 21st of January. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, they have beat the Bucks. Or the Bucks have beat the Nuggets, the, the Pelicans. I'm talking about teams that are trying to get in the playoffs. The Clippers, the Heat, the Lakers, the Clippers again, the Celtics. Um Bulls heat the sun. They beat the Suns last night. Now a lot of this is being done without Giannis. Mm-hmm. So, which is my scary, thing right? is my thing is is that and then they play the Nets on Tuesday, who is spiraling down out of control um, yeah. since the trade. So after that, they go Nets, Magic, and then they play the Seventy Sixers. So. Mm. This streak could go 17 games before they end up losing. Um, if they get Giannis back in that game, going against the Sixers, it's at home, um, and they win that game, all of a sudden it's Wizards, Magic, Nets <laughs> before um, they play the Warriors um, and the Kings and the Suns uh, in that little stretch. So I've always said that – you know, you look at some of these teams and you look at them, how they're playing going into the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Remember last year, Boston, second half of the season, they went on that run, you know, where they were the best team in basketball and then they just blew through the playoffs. I mean, yeah, you know, they was like on a revenge tour. They're like, we're beating everybody to beat us and made it to the finals. Um, there's nothing more that I would want to see than a Bucks Celtics playoff series yeah um, i feel like they're the two best teams that match 
The Bucs, when they're healthy, I think we've all have always said they're the best team in the East. Um, a lot of that has to do with Giannis. When they get Middleton rolling and they get um, Holiday rolling, like they're just they're just a really hard team, you know, to defend. Um, they made a couple of um, small little pickups that I think is going to help them. You know, I think people don't realize Joe Ingles is there. Um, back when he was with Utah, like baller, um, mm-hmm. they picked up Jay Crowder. You know, you got yourself an enforcer, a guy who's been in the playoffs a really long time. He knows how to play some of those high-end games. They've been getting so much out of Brooke Lopez, uh, Bobby Portis, uh, even Grayson Allen has been playing kind of lights out. Pat Connaughton, like their lineup is pretty much set. And then you look at guys like Javon Carter uh, when Drew Holiday was out. Like this guy's been putting on a show. So like I feel like now they've kind of built themselves a team to where uh, – they got their rotation and they got their roster set that says, Hey, we feel like we can compete with anybody in, in the NBA right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I know Bobby Portis missed some minutes uh, and some games. Uh, he was injured early, but getting him back is going to help Jay Crowder. Um, like you said, he's always been one of those guys. He's, he's kind of a, a, a Pat Bev guy without the attitude, I guess, kind of, He just plays defense. He does what he's supposed to do. Um, he gives you quality minutes, can hit a shot from time to time. Um, so, yeah, so they've, they've got a, a roster there, I think, that the, that they like. Um, and, and, you know, that I think there's four teams, four teams in the East, uh, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and Cleveland. They're going to battle it out here till the end. Um, and, and Milwaukee has just been uh, on fire. So that's, that's – um, to watch that come down to the wire here these last 20 years, 20 or so games is going to be uh, interesting uh, for the Eastern Conference. So staying in the Eastern Conference, I wanted to ask you about um, Atlanta and the firing of Nate McMillan. Um, we've we've kind of watched this kind of all unfold. Um, Nate McMillan was the interim for a while, I believe last year or the year before. Got him into the playoffs. They made that that run in the playoffs, um, and then they came back this year, um, and kind of all of that changed. Um, there was there was issues in the locker room. There was issues on the floor. Uh, Trey Young was was not happy. Um, you know, then you had the GM, who's uh, the GM and the owner are beefing because one of them likes Nate McMillan, the GM like Nate McMillan, but the owner didn't like Nate McMillan. So they got rid of Nate McMillan. um, And now they're, they're back to square one. So, so so for, for me, the only thing, there's the only thing I can look at, right? So Joe, Joe Prunty's their interim right now. And mm -hmm. I guess um, they're, they're kind of on the, on the fence with uh, looking at potentially hiring Quinn Snyder. um, Yes, I did take over. And uh, for everybody to know, like how great of a job he did when he was in um, Utah, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, but this is what I see. Nate McMillan was 29 and 30 as the coach. Joe Prunty's two and zero. you know, yeah, um, I'm not I'm not in the in the front office. I'm not in the locker room, I'm not behind closed doors. So I don't know what mess was actually going on that we didn't see. But clearly it got to the point where they felt like he was losing control of the team 
Um, you know, getting De- getting Deontay Murray over there, I-, I felt like they thought that was a step up, um, moving in the right direction, trying to contend with some of these teams in the East, and they were pretty much sitting right where they were last year, right? Right. Um, so now, like I said, you now have Joe Pruny, who's taken over, and granted, um, you know, the the two games that you've played, I mean, one was Brooklyn, but you beat Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's yeah. a that's a tall task to say right there. You beat Cleveland. Um, you know, we're we're all we're all high on Cleveland. We all think all right. Cleveland can contend. All right. So yeah. Um, the game before that, where where um, Nate McMillan got fired, um, they got blown out by the Knicks. They lost to Charlotte, and they beat the Spurs. I mean, everybody's beating the Spurs right now. I think the Spurs and the and the Bucks are like on opposite spectrums of the win streak, lose streak, like. I think Bucks are at 14, Spurs are at like 17. <laughs> right. Like, right. Uh, yeah. Spurs are lost 16 straight. That's what I say. They're, they're 16, yeah. 17 straight. Um, yeah. So everybody's out here trying to be like, we want the Spurs. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> you want to get right? Go give us the Spurs. Let us right. fix what's going wrong. My man but, popped down there is struggling. But it's, it's a lot different than a team like Golden State who just won a championship. We've seen guys in and out of the lineup. You know, we've seen Curry get hurt. We've seen Wiggins get hurt. Draymond was hurt. Uh, they're trying to play some new guys. So, like, you don't look at Steve Kerr and say, well, you just won a championship last year. Like, you're struggling this year. Like, what the heck's going on? Like, we might have right. to potentially think about replacing you. Uh, this is different. This is, hey, we thought you guys were, were taking a step up last year when you had made the playoffs. Now we feel like we got you another piece to make your team better. And yet we've taken a step back. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Nate McMillan came in. Um, it was the 2020, 21 season. That's what it was. And he finished the season 27 and 11 and got him to the Eastern conference finals. So then the following year, they, they uh, made the playoffs again. I think his overall record was 72 and 69. Um, but the biggest complaint I think about him was, was that they felt like he um, was not able to relate to those guys. So I, I have a real issue. And I was reading an art. I was watching a clip um, from the coach from the, the Rockets, uh, the young Silas kid. Um, and they were he was just talking about being honest with players. And, you know, Dame Lillard torched them for 71 last night. And he sat a guy one of their players for the end of the third and all of the fourth, because he just wasn't doing what he was coached to do. Um, Jason Kidd in an interview went after the Lakers made that 28 point comeback was calling his team. You know, he said they, they are, they got to grow up. They got to change their mindset They You know, they got to stop being, you know, they, he had not really derogatory, but, um, but like these coaches are starting to speak up. Um, to these players and, and it's starting to become more and more of a um, more and more of a, a speaking point as the coaches are starting to challenge the players. So there are some teams that that like it and some teams that don't. And you got to see how they respond. I believe that's kind of what happened in Atlanta. I think Nate McMillan started to challenge those guys a little bit. Um you, and you see with some of your younger stars, like they don't like that. 
And I think that's where kind of where the messaging got lost. Like Nate McMillan is a guy that he's a traditionalist. He's a guy that preaches defense. He's a guy that that wants to play basketball the right way. And I think sometimes that messaging gets lost um, in it with some of those younger players. It's, you know, you've got DeJounte Murray, you've got Trey Young, you've got some young talent down there. Um, and, and maybe it was just a messaging thing. I'm not really sure. But I know that the like like there was inner conflict as well with between the owner and the GM. Like those two, um, they they have some they have some contention between them as well. So um, that Atlanta franchise is definitely interesting to me. So um, what do you think the difference is? Like if I'm not mistaken, and I, and I know this isn't a um, I know this isn't a huge win, but wasn't wasn't McMillan the coach for your Pacers back in? Um, and I'm pretty sure I went to one of these playoff games back in like 19, two, uh, 17, 18, and they yeah. played Cleveland in the first round and took them seven games. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I really thought they had a chance to win that series and they yeah. knocked Cleveland out of the playoffs. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to remember how that seventh game ended. But um, for the most part, I was like, man, like McMillan's got these boys playing. And yeah. um, he was there. I don't remember how long he was the coach there. It was like three or four years. But every year, I'm pretty sure he made the playoffs. Now, I think he got knocked out the first round every year. But, I mean, that was back when you guys had Victor Oladipo and Victor was, like, on his game. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Thaddeus Young and uh, you had Bogdanovich, who was guarding LeBron that series. And you had Miles Turner was young, uh, yep. Collison and all the Sabonis. Like Lance, like that team was that team was tough, man. Yeah, and um, I I just remember them. I just remember them almost beating Cleveland, and because that year is when Cleveland played Golden State in the finals. And I'm like, man, I was like, I think Indiana was just as good as they were. They just they just ran short. And like, yeah, what what do you think is the difference is a guy that can take a team like that, right, and push those guys against a team that um is arguably one of the best teams in basketball. Yeah. And they had some young guys on that team. I mean, Victor was only in like his third or fourth year. Bogdanovich yeah. was only in his third year. Um, you know, you had some rookies on that team like TJ Leaf. Um, you know, I think Lance was really considered a, a, a vet at that time. You know, yeah. I think he was in the league like seven, eight years Uh and then I think you had like Al Jefferson, maybe who would have been like a longtime vet. But um, I get it. Like none of those guys were really like true superstars, like what they consider Trey Young. Yeah. But at the same time, like those guys bought into what Nate McMillan was selling. So what is it that you think that's different in Atlanta that's causing all of the uh, chaos that got him fired? Is you just think it's just the, the change of the game? that these guys are younger, they're coming in, they feel like they they feel like they're owed the world. They're just like, look, I'm a grown man, man. You ain't gonna talk to me right. like that. Um, I think that's part of it. And I think part of it too is ownership. Um I, I think the owners, I I think sometimes they side with the players more than the coaches, because of course players, you know, the coaches do scheme, players win games. Um so if you've got a guy like Trey Young and he's not happy, um, Trey Trey Young is going to win you more basketball games than Nate McMillan. 
So I, I think that's what it kind of comes comes down to. Um, when you have a when you have ownerships and GMs that that they give the players have a lot of power. So if, if you know, I mean, you've seen this with LeBron. I mean, like like you want to LeBron had a coach that won the championship and they got him removed the next year. So I mean, like like I forgot, you yeah. see. Yeah, like you you see it all the time. Like if guy if those guys aren't happy, man, like it's like it 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 is a cutthroat league. And so if your stars aren't happy, uh and the owners know that the players win games, like it, it's it's curtains. It's curtains. Those those coaches really have no say or power. The only ones that have it are like your Popoviches, your Phil Jacksons. Like those guys that have longevity, um, I think Bootenholzer's getting that way. Like I think Bootenholzer's getting that way. Now, I wouldn't say Giannis is not that type of player, but I would say if Giannis was like, man, I don't like this guy anymore, like best believe, like they would move Bootenholzer out. out. Like even though as much as they like him, because they're not going to run the risk of having an unhappy Giannis. So I, I think that players have so much power as far as superstar status and the things that they're able to do and accomplish that it, it puts it puts ownerships and coaches um and gms in, in a bad way because truth be told like if they don't like it they can force a trade they can make a move they can do all these different things i mean we've we've seen it so i i think that the players have so much power that it, it almost makes the ownership and GMs kind of obsolete. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, well, sorry, Nate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Nate McMillan. You know what I mean? He's he's a pacer dude. Like I I I, I like Nate McMillan. I like the style, um, and and I like the way like like you know he's a hard nosed old school coach. You know, he's a, a NBA veteran himself. Um, I liked him um, when he was the Pacers coach. We just uh, we, we just couldn't get over the hump with him, and 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 I get it. But, yeah, I, I was a big – I was definitely a big Nate McMillan fan. I like Nate McMillan a lot. So. Well, speaking of Atlanta, um, they are right now sitting in the eighth spot. And mm-hmm. just to kind of fill you in on kind of how things are changing right now is – you know, I look at look at teams on their last ten. Obviously, Milwaukee's undefeated; uh, they're fourteen in a row. But Boston's eight and two. Philly and Cleveland are seven and three. The Knicks are eight and two in their last ten, and Toronto is seven and three, and they're mm-hmm. slowly moving up. Uh, yeah. Which is a team I told you that they got their act together. That's going to be a scary team at the end of the season. Well, yeah, all they yeah, got to do is yeah. make it in the play-in, and they're already there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and Pascal Siaka might be the hottest player on the planet right now. I mean, he's playing he's playing incredible basketball. And so he has all year. If Brooklyn don't watch it, they're sitting in the five seed right now, but they are three and seven in their last ten. Miami's four and six. Those could be the two teams that end up finding themselves out if they don't fix it. And obviously Brooklyn's a whole different ball club right now with the amount of trades that just happened. But I still think they got enough quality players to hold this off till the end of the season, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think so. I, I think they'll slide some just because I think that the the East is going to be better. Like you said, you brought up a good point. Toronto's playing better. I think Atlanta's going to play better. 
Um, the one I'm really worried about is Miami. Like, they've lost their last four, um, and they're not playing very well at all. So, I like, like you know, I, I think that that's the one I'm I'm concerned about sliding the most. Um, you know, I, I really don't have a whole lot of faith. Like, I you know, the Wizards are there, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in them. Um, uh, you know, who y'all, Pacer, who you y'all know, need Pacer to be Ryan. watching out for is them Chicago Bulls, baby, two and oh, since that Pat Bev trade. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the Pat Bev effect, baby. I'm telling you, you know, the Pat Bev effect is real, and people don't understand that everywhere so, he goes, playoffs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He he refuses, he is not gonna let them not make the playoffs. So, but yeah, I, th- you're gonna have these last couple games, these last 20 or so games. Where you're gonna see some teams move up, some move move down. Um, I don't, man. I, I like Brook. I mean, I like Brooklyn, but I just don't think that their roster is sustainable to stay where they are. Um, you know, I think those. I mean, I think they'll still make the playoffs, but they'll slide a little bit. But that'll give. Uh, I think the Knicks are gonna make a move. I think Toronto's gonna make a move. I think Atlanta will play better. So, um, you know, I, I think that the East is. Outside of your top four, the East is going to shake up a lot here in these next, you know, 18 to hey, 20 years. while we're talking about this, and while you're, I'm going to switch over to the West for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to the listen to the last tens of the West. So you have Denver at seven and three. You're the one seed. Um, been playing some good basketball. Then you go Memphis, five and five. Sacramento, mm-hmm. six and four. Phoenix, six and four. Clippers, five and five. Dallas, five and five. Golden State five and five, Utah five and five, Minnesota four and six, New Orleans four and six, Portland five and five, Lakers six and four, OKC five and five. That's, that's wild. The, that's the West, and, and the Lakers trying, technically are the hottest team in the West right now. <laughs> and we're trying to, and we're wondering why ain't nobody get no separation in the West. Right. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's you crazy. Talk about some parity. Yep. Yeah, you're right. My lord. That Sacramento team, I didn't think they'd be able to hold on, but man, they've Hey, they are they've held on right now. Yeah, they are, man. Like the beam, man. Shout out my man Richard Ivanovsky, uh out there in Sacramento. They are they're playing some good basketball. Hey, remember so. remember last year when I was upset when Sabonis didn't make the All-Star game and we yeah. were talking and I was like, "Hey, this guy deserves to be on the All-Star team every year." And yeah. um, I'm so glad that he went out West. Sometimes I feel like it's harder to make it on the all-star team out West sometimes with, as it being like a big, because of how you got to go through, but he definitely went out there and did his thing, man. Yeah. He played well. He played really well. So, but yeah, man, uh, that's, that's all I've got. Um, it, it, this is, uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. Chopping it up with you here on the pod. Um if you guys think about it, if you whatever you listen to, whatever podcast uh, subscriber you listen to, uh, please give us a five star review. Um, uh, you can check us out. Like I said, we still are covering all your local college, uh, NKU, Xavier, UC, Miami. Um, we've got great photog people. Uh, shout out Ryan Luster. Um, shout out Mr. 24, Kentucky 24, uh, Trey Grayson. Um, all those dudes are covering game. Shout out Parker Fields. Um, the at-large bid crew is covering uh, college basketball. 
Um, we are two weeks away from Selection Sunday. Um, the at-large bid crew is going to be all over it, so make sure you uh, check those guys out. Um, like and subscribe the pod. Um, we love doing it. We love covering basketball. Um, and and uh, also, uh, you can go – if you want to buy some 48 uh, Minutes gear, you can go to 48minutes.merchmake.com uh, um, and you can get the merch. You can follow us on all the socials at 48 Minutes NTWRK. Um, we'll be uh, all over, like I said, college basketball, NBA basketball. We're on Instagram, TikTok, uh, and uh, Twitter. So make sure – oh, and Facebook. We got them all covered. So make sure you check us out. Uh, for myself and Joshua Odellis, Farellis Hayes, we are signing off. Uh, you guys have a good evening. Sayonara.